broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 and Jared Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. Wednesday, Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 in studio on what feels like a fall day. It does yeah. feel like fall is here, here in November. So happy November. I know that started on Monday, uh, but we were depressed on November 1st about the Jags' performance. Now everybody's like, hey, bravos, the Braves, get yeah. it done. Braves fans out of the woodwork. Uh, ratings high on the World Series. Congrats to the Braves fans. I hate when people say that, actually, and I just did. Um, like, what did you do? Hmm. <laughs> did you yeah. strike anybody out? No, but, I mean, congrats for being a fan. I mean, I you're, for hanging you're, in you're there, team right? one. Yeah, your yeah. team one. Congratulations. Yeah. Like, that's cool, but I just don't know if the fans deserve congratulations. Like, relish it. You know, revel in it. Yeah, but, yeah. But uh, Freddie Freeman deserves congratulations. Sure. You know, yeah. uh, the GM deserves congratulations. Freddie Freeman also deserves a, a brand-new paycheck. Brand new uh, yes. contract. You want to bid for him? Milwaukee and the Red Sox. No, we're all good. They, people we're jump in. They didn't well, like that last night when I suggested it. Oh, really? Uh, <laughs> I mean, let him enjoy the moment first, Brent, before we start talking about contracts. like the stuff. seventh inning. I was like, uh, hey, Freddie and Fedway looks pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, nah, that's pretty cool. I, I love it. I love the story. I love I love sports for what happened with the Braves, to be honest. Uh, whether you like the Braves or not, whether it's this area sure or not. Do. Uh, I think, uh, you know, I wouldn't say this is about the Yankees most likely, but outside of that, I, I sports are cool for the Braves' story. There's nobody in the world that would have predicted the Braves to win this, and they can tell me that they believed and they thought so. There's a reality in locker rooms too, okay, that when you lose three of your best players yeah, and you're not over 500 by late July and August, like at all during the season. Like, okay, well, we hope we can get a push and we hope we can surprise some people. We hope this comes together. Like, that's fair. But whether you really thought that was going to happen, you're lying to yourself. So uh, where this team came, I mean, they went from not being able to get to 500. That was a storyline for a couple of weeks in baseball season to really, like, I think you can make the case over the last two months, and especially in the postseason, you wondered if they would lose. I mean, their record was so good in August and September. And almost every time they took the field here in the postseason, it felt like they were going to win. Do you know what was wild? And I didn't even realize this because I, I can't remember. I, I'm, I look back at our baseball predictions here, and I think you had the Braves in the wild card. Um, I had them winning the NL East. But opening day in terms of World Series betting, they were fourth highest to win the World Series. Yes. Well, yeah. The yes. Atlanta Braves. Yes, yeah. because they I guess were they picked. Yeah. Because I mean, they have a very good roster, but once you lose Soroka, once yeah. you lose Acuna, um, and then the Azuna thing happened. You almost forget about that. You for, totally forget about the Azuna thing, which I don't even know what the latest on the Azuna thing is. Like, is I think that's a plan, by the way. You forget that. They they don't mention that. They yeah. mention Acuna. They mention Soroka. They don't mention yeah, I don't that like part. Baseball wants him mentioning Azuna. No, I think he's... Uh, in a domestic situation. Yeah, I think he's just in jail. Like, I think that's all it is. Is he already... Has that already been determined? Like, I, that's what I'm saying. I don't know where that... Like, I knew he was, had charges against him. I don't know where it led to. But the bottom line is, they had those kind of players. I mean, they have a good team. Mm-hmm. They got Freddie Freeman. They got Ozzy, Ozzy Albies. They got... I mean, they got... They do have good players, but their bullpen was a mess most of the year, most of the summer, and then you tag on those injuries, and it really gave you no reason to believe. I mean, the NFC, the, NFC, the, uh, the NL East was a joke, right? 
for much of the year. I mean, oh, yeah, 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 it's yeah, just like, who sure. are these guys? Like, for it sure. really was. And it ends up having the World Series winner. Yeah. It's wild, man. <laughs> it's, it's a insane. crazy thing. Yeah. I mean, good for them. Uh, it's cool. I really do. It's to invigorate a fan base, which, by the way, is a good fan base. You know, we talked yesterday about the bandwagon jump. Yeah. Which is fine with me. Yeah. But it is a good fan base. Like, there are so many people across America yeah. that grew up being a Cubs fan or a Braves fan because of WGN and TBS. I mean, seriously, that's like, I, I understand. I, I like, love the Tomahawk chop, chop. Not annoying at all. My, my Not kid, one bit. If I explained to him and tried to explain to him and, and my kids in general the WGN and TBS setup, yeah. they would have no idea what I'm talking about. Like, right. that'd be like telling them black and white television, mm -hmm. right? It's a different animal now in today's broadcast world and how we consume things for anybody who is really, Casey, probably your age and under, and that's like 25 and under. Uh, but in the 80s and, and even in the early 90s until cable really took off and then uh, the Internet, which, again, is pretty new. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, WGN and TBS, like I was watching Cubs game every afternoon in, in college mm -hmm. because it was on. You know, I, I probably watched more of the Cubs, I felt like, than I did the Braves. Eef. But those afternoon games, even when the lights came on everywhere else, those afternoon games were a big thing in, in Wrigley, mm -hmm. which was a cool thing. For sure. So it's just a different element. But my point in that is there are decades and decades of, of Braves fans mm -hmm. because of that uh, and an underbelly of it and also some unbelievable players led by, of course, uh, Hank Aaron. And that's kind of neat little subplot to all this, you know, yeah. in a year where Hank Aaron passes so so big uh, to the sport of baseball and to Atlanta, and uh, it was a nice acknowledgement of Hank Aaron and Phil Necro uh, on the podium yesterday uh, by the uh, brass of the Atlanta Braves. So, hey, very cool. Uh, very cool uh, that Atlanta got to do it. I, I love seeing new blood, man, when we get to some championships. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, that was like it, it Milwaukee keeps things, Bucks. That was new blood. Keeps things fresh, keeps things exciting. Yeah, it, it is cool to see a reinvigorated fan base because growing up as a kid, I mean, the Braves were one of the teams that were kind of universally liked, I feel like. I mean, I remember I had like a couple of, for whatever reason, Bugs Bunny and Tasmanian Devil like shirts, but they were rocking Atlanta Braves gear. I don't know why that was the cool thing to do. Um, maybe Deion Sanders had something to do with that, but whatever the reason, um, you know, the Atlanta Braves were a cool team as a kid, and Chipper Jones probably had something to do with that as well. So it, it, it is cool seeing them have that resurgence and being able to celebrate as a fan base again. Yeah. Uh, I, I think for Eddie Freeman, I said this last yesterday, it's cool to see when sometimes you get to these moments mm -hmm. and the guys that really got you there or the guys that are your heart and soul don't do well. You know, but I think back to those Red Sox World Series and like Big Poppy that become like the heart and soul of, the, of that franchise. Yeah. Right. He was like the heartbeat of it. And he was awesome in the postseason. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just something to be said for when that happens. Uh, and I think Freddie Freeman delivered. No, he wasn't the MVP, but he, he delivered in the clutch. I mean, he hit the big home run, sorry, against Hayter. Uh, that hadn't been done all year. Oh, that's right. You're right. And, uh, <laughs> I forgot about that. And his numbers were consistently good. And I think we've said this before, all-world guy uh, in sports. Like, if you crossed all platforms of sports and named, like, the, 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 the nicest people of all time yeah. right now currently playing, he would make the list. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, and I don't even know him, but ask anybody and, and read everything about him, and that's him. Yeah. So I think that part's pretty cool. Uh, here's the euphoria after the game, Freddie Freeman on the field. We've been in this organization since 2007. 
been through some lean years, some crazy times this year, and now you are a World Series champion. What does this moment mean to you? I don't know, Ken. I'm at loss for words. This is, this is it. This is everything you work for. I mean, we're in November right now, and we've been doing this since February, and we've had so many ups and downs this year. And for us to be world champions, <laughs> that is awesome to hear. <laughs> Freddie, your home run in the seventh made yeah. it seven nothing. Rounding third base, you showed more emotion than yeah. most of us have ever seen from you. What was going through your mind? Uh, not much. Um, I usually try and stay the same throughout the game. That's kind of just my mo. Everybody knows that, but. home run in a World Series is pretty cool. So uh, I saw my teammates outside that. I saw my family just jumping up and down. So some emotion came out in that moment. Your manager, Brian Snicker, yeah. you've known him forever. He's been in the organization 45 years. Yeah. How badly did you guys want this for him? Uh, badly. Um, Brian Snicker is an amazing human being. And it's absolutely amazing that we get to call him a world champion now for everything he's done for this organization people he coached in the minor leagues to build up in this organization and now he's a world champion manager of the year everything he has every single award that you can get as a manager and that is just the coolest thing ever freddie congratulations Thank enjoy so there he is freddie uh, freeman after the game on fox last night and now the i mean seriously question i joked about it but i didn't even realize like i just figured freddie freeman was going to be with the brace forever yeah but it it does I, I think it was buck who said in the game like could be his last home run last game you know everything mm -hmm. and uh, then it kind of hit me and i was like oh okay so i mean is freddie freeman gonna stay in atlanta can they afford him do they want him do they start looking they want after him. a guy like this i mean i think they made a mistake by not resigning him earlier because now his his stock has never been higher i feel like after this postseason so atlanta definitely made a tactical error there um I think he would want to stay there. I don't know, because, I mean, I'm not sure why Freddie Freeman plays the game of baseball. Like, you just won a World Series um, on the team that drafted you. You've been in Atlanta your entire career. So, you know, I don't know if you want to finish your career, though, or if you want to play for money now and get that big payday, which you've definitely earned. So um, I'm not sure, like, where his priorities are. But to me, this is just Atlanta Braves maybe dropping the ball a little bit and saying, hey, we're going to maybe wait to see how this plays out with Freddie Freeman. And now the stock has never been higher. And, I mean, they, they made the move to sign Acuna long-term when they did, and that was the right move, obviously. But now is when that contract starts to kick in. He's going to make $15 million next year. So you are going to have to make decisions, and you're going to have to pay guys like Max Fried, who pitched great last night, Alzi Albies, uh, Soroka, if you choose to go that route. So there's a lot of young guys that are going to need contracts. But the way I look at it is Freddie Freeman is Chipper Jones. You have to bring that guy back. He's the heart and soul of your team. He's more than just a player in that situation, so you have to figure out a way to get it done. Yeah, I, I, that's interesting you say that, and I agree with a lot of things that you just said. Uh, but the good organizations say, hey, we've got the most out of Freddie Freeman that anybody's going to get out of Freddie Freeman, and let's continue riding this thing and put our dollars elsewhere, like more starting pitching or somewhere else. Like, the, the Patriots wouldn't hang on to Freddie Freeman. Uh, you know, the Broncos who mm -hmm. just got rid of Vaughn Miller because, and that's their Freddie Freeman. Yeah. Uh, is there a salary cap now? Baseball? No. No. Okay. I was no. making sure. Um, I was making sure. 
Well, money's well. The, the Red Sox chose to think there was a salary cap. They got well, rid of Mookie yeah, Betts b- because there's luxury tax. I mean, the, I know. The, the, well, that the, wasn't that a horrible the, move, by the way. Well, in hindsight, maybe not, but it still sucks. But he was the heart and soul and, of that team, by the way. And, and that's and, why and it sucks, right? Just did the same thing with Rizzo and everything else. Oh yeah, listen, if I'm a Braves fan. I'm not advocating for the Braves to get rid of them. Mm-hmm. I understand. It almost does feel like, hey, you better sign them. Yeah. Listen, you won your World Series. And to your point, the Chipper Jones effect, you know what? If he hits 200 for the next three years, he already won a World Series with you, mm-hmm. and he is the heart and soul of Atlanta. Uh, mm-hmm. And he's something, the fabric of the team, the locker room, the everything. But the reality of sports and big business sports is you might be better off getting younger at that position. I don't know what their farm system looks like. I don't know if they've got an up-and-coming first baseman or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, it's just the reality of sports. It's the harsh reality of sports. Listen, the uh, I'll give you an example of this. The Red Sox got rid of Nomar Garcia-Para to yeah. win the World Series. I yeah. mean, that's one of the moves they made in that year to win the World Series. That's right. Right? So, I mean, Nomar was like one of my favorite players in any sport of all time. Noma, by the way, it's hard to say Nomar. You got to say Noma. But I should mean, the so, Yankees have tr- got rid of Derek Jeter then? No, um, no. But kind of Freddie Freeman like where they weren't allowed to. Okay. Um, I, I feel I don't feel. Did he ever go like that? So he wasn't as good, but I don't think he was holding them back. Derek um, Jeter? Yeah. No, I'm not Freddie Freeman's going to hold. He them wasn't back. holding them back. They were. I mean, and you got to remember, Yankees were no good. Yankees like they were, were like good third, at that They were like time. third place in the AL East. They like, won in 09. When did Jeter retire then? Would it have been 15? 2014. 14? Yeah. Yeah, so that's a few. Okay, so that's actually a pretty good example. Like, so is Freddie Freeman still on the team, the Atlanta team in five years? And by the way, I'd be perfectly fine with that if I'm a Braves fan. Yeah. I'm okay with that. I'm just saying some teams choose to move on. Yeah. Like the Cubs have chosen to move on with a lot of life left on guys like Bryant and Rizzo. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, that is the nature of sports. Some teams but, would do it. I'm, I guarantee, outside of Brady, the Patriots would move on from anybody. So, but I think with Rizzo, though, like, the writing was on the wall in Chicago where it didn't matter what you brought to that clubhouse. Like, you have to revamp the entire thing because, like, it, yeah. it, it was never going to work. The Yankees, you know, with Jeter, like, there was always that, well, you know, maybe we can make this happen. You know, I yeah. think with the Cubs, the writing was on the wall, and you had to tear the whole thing down. The Yankees you never really got that sense. You just kept re-signing new guys and bringing, you know, new guys in. And the thing with Freddie Freeman is he's 32. Well, that's the thing. He's not that old. You give him a three-year deal, if you can work something out like that, that makes a lot of sense. He's got a bad agent then if he just gets a three-year deal, though. If he wants to stay in Atlanta, maybe not. Because here's the thing. If you're Atlanta, no, you cannot give him an Albert Pujols-Prince Fielder deal. By the way, we saw how those worked out in both situations. Oh, Paying fantastic. a 30-year-old first baseman <laughs> a lot of money. It doesn't work. No, it doesn't. Well, 32 is like a time. And, and a lot of guys, if you go look at the breakdown of players, you can get another year or so out. But once you start hitting 33, 34, your production does go down. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it usually does. Uh, it's, you can still perform. Um, but you probably are not going to perform like you did from age 27, 28 to 32, 33. Sure. Uh, that is just a fact, you know. Um, I think that, you know, we just had Daniel Murphy on last last week. I think that's kind of what started to happen to him. I mean, he had an unbelievable run from 28 to, like, 32 years old. I think the body started to break down a little bit. I think he wasn't as good, uh, you know, at 33 or 34 and started to go. And I think he kind of realized that, you know. Um uh, and, and it might not be that. It just looks like that sometimes from the outside looking in. So, you know, listen, I think 
keeping Freddie Freeman. I don't think a, I think every Braves fan, by the way, from my Twitter last night says yes. Let's keep Freddie Freeman. Yeah, I, I'm just telling you that sometimes organizations, if they want to go on a run for the next three, four, five years, the best move for this organization might not be to keep Freddie Freeman. That's a reality. I mean, if you look at his stats this season, he batted 300, had 31 home runs, and he's never hurt. By the way. Yeah, he plays a lot of games. He's yeah. dependable. And if you want to compare that to, like, his, his career numbers here of, like, what he's accomplished, I mean, that's a bad, that's better than his average has been throughout his entire career. His average is 295. Yeah, and he hit more home runs in there. Uh, actually, I think he in 19 it looks like he hit uh, more home runs. But, yeah. um, listen, he had a good year. Uh, again, I think you're going to get another good year out of him. I think you might get maybe two, but you're probably not signing him to a three-year deal. It's probably going to be like a five-year deal if he has a good agent. It's going to cost you a lot of money. And so, again, this I know I'm sounding like I'm advocating against, like, for getting rid of him. I'm not. I'm just saying that's probably a conversation mm -hmm. in Atlanta if they want to win with Acuna and Albies and all these guys that they have. I mean, they're not going to keep all these guys that they just got at the trade deadline either. I mean, they have to revamp some of this roster. Right. My guess is Freeman stays on. But Freeman, at some point, by staying on and by virtue of keeping him, might hamper you down the road if you plan on being good in 2024 and 25. Mm -hmm. That's just the reality of it. But are you willing to do it? I think the Braves probably should be willing to do that and hope that they get a good two or three years out of Freeman still to come. But you're also good right now. So, yes, I think if uh, – let's just take your five-year deal, for example – I think in, it would be worth it to pay him a lot on the back end, kind of like a lot of teams have done, because this team is going to be healthier next year. They just won the World Series when they weren't healthy. So I think if you have to pay for that in the future for the next couple years when your window is still wide open to win, I think you have to go for it. Yeah, that's a good call. And again, I'd be, I think they will. Uh, but it'll be interesting to watch that deal now. Now, Freddie could do him a little bit solid, but Freddie doesn't have to. Baseball money's guaranteed. Yeah. You know, I yeah. mean, if I'm Freddie, I'm not doing him a solid. If I'm Freddie's agent, I'm looking at a five-year deal to get me to 37 years old, and I start pulling up every guy at 37 that hit well. Yeah. <laughs> right? I mean, right? I mean, at the end of the day, like Casey was alluding to, maybe this falls on for Freddie Freeman, where if you truly want to stay in Atlanta, then you take a three-year deal. If you want to go make more money someplace else, then you take a five-year deal. Like, the, the, you know, it, it might be on him. Yeah. And it'll be interesting. Before we get off baseball, I have a quick thought on the Astros. You go to three World Series in five years. You have this incredible core. Obviously, you cheated. That's it. Mm -hmm. Like, it's over now. Oh, they're done now? They're going to become... Who will they lose? Correa. They'll, they'll, they'll lose, lose Correa. Correa. Who and, else? I mean, well, it. There's. they won't lose Bregman or Altuve, if that's what you're asking. Yuli Gurriel is going to be, I believe, 37, 36, is 37. Is he that old? Yeah, he's old. He oh, came wow. over at 31. Okay. And he's been here, so... You're going to lose that, but Correa is your best player. You're pitching already. You're probably going to lose Zach Greinke as well. Uh, your pitching has not been great. The pitching's awful. I mean, so, yeah. they have to revamp the whole pitching. So this little nucleus that you had, and it's going to go down as one of the more disappointing ones. You already lost George Springer from that, and you go to three of the last five, and you only win one, and the one you won, you had to cheat. So, like, that is a part of this. But the fact that they couldn't get it done against – now, yes, the Braves were hot and the Nationals, but you lose – the World Series to the two worst teams in the playoffs statistically in those years. It's just fascinating that they couldn't get it done in either of those other two years. Yeah, one. Uh, uh, let's take a break. When we come back, uh, just a quick thought on that because I loved what Houston did for the last decade. I thought, in fact, <laughs> I'll tell you, I like it into what I thought the Jags were doing. And, and uh, uh, the Atlanta Braves...
the way they did it, can it be done in any sport? Like, can With the can the can the Celtics or can the Lakers or can somebody be under 500 with two months to go in the season and win a title? Can uh, I mean the can St. You, Louis Blues? The Blues. That's a good yeah. call. That's a great one. That's that's pretty recent, right? Yeah. Okay, but can mm-hmm. it be done in the NBA? Like it, it doesn't feel like that's the way that's built. Yeah. Can it be done in the NFL? Like can you? I know you can make the playoffs at what used to be seven and nine. Like I get that. Like yeah. the Washington can, the Seattle did that, right? But I'd, I'd have to go, like, it just doesn't jump in my memory bank right away. A team that, like, nobody... I mean, maybe the Giants Super Bowl teams with Coughlin were like this a little bit. Could maybe be a case. fair comparison? Because they got in at the wild card the first time they won. So, Man, was, a thought or two yeah. on Houston, maybe related to the... I, I got a thought on the Jags, and I'll tell you where I was wrong. Um, and then we will get to Jags, because uh, speaking of building a team... Buffalo Bills have done a pretty nice job. Uh, we'll be back. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Good day for Atlanta Braves fans. Good day for sports fans because that was a good story, unless you're a Milwaukee Braves fan. But we'll be back on ESPN 690. Yeah, this is the first one since game game one, the four-down structure. And I, I guess that's what I'm more used to from college. You, know, it's more, you get more four-down than odd and bear and all that stuff. So I think that's easier to go back and prepare for this when you have... Um, you know, the 3-4 with the stand-up backers and all that on the edge, I think that's a little bit harder because it changes the way you ID everything. Um, so I think this is always like reverting back to what we're used to, going back to four down. But it's definitely different. You know, you, you look at pressures different and structure changes when you have a front like that. That is Trevor Lawrence talking about the defenses that he's faced and facing, and the Bills come down and we're a good team. I mean, Mm -hmm. this is one of these games, and I think Arizona kind of fit this, and then the Jags, you know, surprised some people. But I think if you look at the Jags' schedule, the Rams, the Cardinals, the Bills really jump off of like, uh uh-oh. Like, the Titans didn't do that for me. Okay, like the Titans are pretty good. They're actually right now the number one seed in the AFC, and they're going to be a little different without Derrick Henry. But, like, that was an AFC South battle. Like, you can, if you played well, you knew what you had to do. Like, I didn't think they'd come in and be like, oh, my gosh, I can't compete with them. Right? Sure. Uh, Arizona, I kind of felt that way. And the Jags competed with them. Uh, the, the Bills, I feel that way. Like, I just feel like there's a different class sometimes. Most of the NFL, the 32 teams, I would say, let's say team six through team 26, flip a coin. Mm-hmm. And I understand what we just saw with the Jets. But I would also put the Bengals most likely in that team 6 through 26. Really, probably 6 through 10 uh, or 6 through 12 okay. area. Yep. Now, the Jets would be in that 27 to 32 area. Yes, sir. Well, I don't know. With, with, with Mike White now? <laughs> and so I don't, I don't know how they did it. But they did it. Uh, but to me, the Bills are a top 6 team. Mm-hmm. And right now, the Jags are clearly a bottom 6 team. And when you have that, that seems like you are sitting on different places on the airplane, man. I mean, yeah. <laughs> that is just a, that's a different world. And in the NFL, it's built on parity. I think it's very difficult uh, to, to upset a team that's sitting in that class mm-hmm. and when you're not near that class. And, and they just aren't. I mean, the record indicates that. Their play has indicated that. But it is sports. And as they proved against Arizona... This might be a better game than, than any of the odds makers or anybody else might say uh, on Sunday because we know what happens sometimes in the NFL. No, we do know what happens in the NFL, but Buffalo, they just seem like a team that 
you know, is is destined to make a run um, towards that Super Bowl that has one of the best quarterbacks in the league, um, that has a legitimate defense, that has offensive weapons that make you nervous. They look good on paper. They look good on film. They look good on the field. Um, they kind of have it all right now. But, I mean, could you – and I understand the Lions stole some possessions, but the Lions went to L.A. Like, that wasn't in Detroit. Yeah. That went to L.A. and led L.A., like, I think deep in the third. Yeah, do you think the Jaguars can get two onside, I'm sorry, get an onside kick and, and get two, two fake punts? <laughs> I know. So, no. No, uh, but maybe they get a couple turnovers instead sure. where they haven't had it. You yeah, know what I mean? That can always like you, the, the Lions aren't going to do that every game, mm -hmm. and the Jags have proven they're not going to get turnovers every game. Yeah. So maybe they can, in that respect, mm -hmm. uh, do that. And by the way, maybe their their ears are up a little bit more, too. Their focus is just by human nature because they just got their butt whooped and now they know this team is really good and they don't want to get their butt whooped again. You know, they don't want to sure. get embarrassed again. There's a little pride on the line here to be like, all right, everybody says we're going to get mollywopped, as you would say, mm -hmm. and let's show Curb them stomped. that we're not going to. Yep. Uh, let's finish a thought on the baseball stuff real quick uh, because you, you brought up uh, Houston. And just to remind folks, over the last decade, this is the Houston Astros. 2011, they lost 106 games. 12, they lost 107 games. 13, they lost 107 games. Yeah. I mean, Man. that was unbelievable. And then they had a transition year there where they were like 70 and 92, and they should have thrown a parade. And then in 15, now it starts. 86 wins, 84 yeah. wins, 101 wins, 103 wins, 107 wins. Uh, the Last year was off be, uh, with the shortened season, but 95 wins in a trip to the World Series. So what they did worked. What Atlanta, by the way, the followed in the Houston footsteps. What Chicago did followed in the Houston footsteps to lose bad and win big. And I'm telling you, this is what the Jags tried to do. I remember saying it years ago. The Jags tried to be like Houston. Like, that's what they were trying to do. They were trying in 13 to strip it so far down that they stunk so they wouldn't be 5-11 and 11 and 6-10 and 10 so they could get some of the top picks, hmm. right? And they were bad and bad, and they had these draft picks. And, well, what did Houston do that the Jags didn't? They hit on their draft Correa picks. Correa was good. Bregman was you good. You go look at those top five picks, and then they brought in some free agents. Now, yeah. the Jags did it for a year, then couldn't cultivate. What else have the Houston Astros done? They've kept their guys. Those guys have now worked their way through the system. They've been around for a long time, and they've proved. So I don't know if you can do it at the NFL. I'm not sure. Or if the Jags just couldn't do it. Are you talking about just tanking until you get the good draft picks? Well, tank enough to where... Then you flip it and win big, right? Yeah. Um, well, if you make the right picks, right? No, that's see. And but who has done, done it like that? That they really failed miserably to turn around and win big. I mean, the Jaguars. No, to turn around and win. Well, oh, they did it for one year. They yeah, did it yeah. in seventeen. Yeah, yeah. Um, because see, seventeen was a little like when the when the Astros won the World Series, uh, not that year, but when they got Verlander, right? Uh -huh. So they went and grabbed. Well, Verlander to the Astros was like Calais to the Jacks. Yeah, you know what comp. I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just I think it's a little different with drafting in the MLB uh, in terms of the NFL. Now I'm not sure like well, it's what, a lot different. Uh, well, I'm not sure like what the stats would say in terms of like top ten to top twenty picks in MLB, but like in the National Football League, like yeah. Trevor Lawrence was unequivocally, he was the number one quarterback, number one overall pick, got that. But when you take the other positions into it, wide receiver, defensive lineman, sometimes, like, the top guy taken doesn't turn out to be the best guy for that team. 
sometimes it's the guy that's taken, you know, 20th or in the 30, you know, 30th or in the second round that ends up making the biggest difference. So, like, to, to sit here and say, well, you know, if you tank, you can eventually get good draft picks. Yeah, I get it. I mean, if you can draft well, you draft higher, that would make sense. But at the same time, guys pan out that you don't really see panning out. Guys end up underachieving that you thought were going to be studs. It's just it's the world of the NFL. It's funny you say that because there's only one overall pick in baseball in the Hall of Fame. And yeah. I'm sure there's more than that really? in football. There, there has to be. Yeah. yeah. Huh. Well, well, yeah. Well, it is totally a different animal, mm -hmm. okay? And so I'm not trying to liken it, but I'm trying to liken the philosophy. I remember okay. when Dave Caldwell... Uh, was here in 1314. I, I remember exactly where I was. It was down there like the elevator where we go up to the press box and we're having a conversation somewhere in there and uh, they, I think they were losing, of course, at 13 was not good. And like, hey, we're, somewhere in that conversation it was like, we're going to try to do it different. Okay. And, and what he meant by that, I always assumed, was kind of what Houston did. It's like, we're going to strip it down and to build it back up from the ground up and hopefully hit on these picks, have free, set ourselves up to, in three, four years, have this nucleus of a team. Okay, this was their plan. I mean, it was to have this nucleus of a team that they had drafted. Yeah. They had, you know, brought up and, and developed. And then money available to, bam, also, you know, grab the free agents necessary. To do what they did in 17, they probably wanted that to happen earlier, like 2016, right? They wanted 17 to happen in 16 in reality, if you looked at their initial plan. And then they wanted it to be, well, what basically the Rams have done now for a four out of five year run, yeah. be right in the middle of it. You know, what the Bills look like they're doing, what the Chiefs are doing. The, the Jags have misfired, right? They couldn't cultivate their, their people. They couldn't keep their people. They didn't have the right quarterback. They misstepped on more draft picks. And, you know, the, the list goes on and on. But I'm telling you, what, what Houston did in big league baseball and then set the precedent for teams like the Cubs and the Braves is what the Jags tried to do. They just didn't make a lot of the right decisions. But the problem with that, though, and the problem why you can't copy the baseball method is because I remember when Houston played in the division with the Milwaukee Brewers. And every single year, the Brewers would beat them, but you would always hear, we'll just wait till Houston in a couple years, man. Their farm system coming up is the best in baseball. And you kept hearing that, and you kept hearing it, and eventually it turned out to be true. When you draft in the NFL, you can't afford to, to, to bring guys along slowly and be like, all right, well, in, in four or five years, these guys that we drafted are going to be good. By that time, they're on their second contracts already. So any guys that you draft in the first or second round, they have to come in right now and be key contributors. You don't have that in baseball. You, you have the luxury of waiting a little longer. In the NFL, if you're, not dra if you're drafting guys in the first and second round and they're not contributing right away, then what are you doing? Brent, to your point about this model in baseball and football wouldn't the falcons when they went to the super bowl sort of be in that they drafted matt ryan they drafted julio they drafted most of those guys it's not as immediate because obviously matt ryan had been there but that's the only thing that comes to my head and they, i know they didn't win yeah well and they had they had been pretty good right they had knocked on yeah. the door they had put together some years because of the quarterback i mean let's be honest blake bortles who goes to the packers today and apparently was on the golf course and playing pretty well until he got that call yeah. uh, according to mark long's tweet the the, the big problem here is the Jags didn't get the right quarterback. Mm -hmm. uh, if Trevor Lawrence had come along in 2014, there's a really good chance all of that plan could have worked. And I do want to make it clear. Uh, I'm not telling you Dave Caldwell said we're doing what the Houston Astros did. Like, mm -hmm. It's just always my interpretation of what the Jags were doing there. Because in, in reality, it's better to lose big at some point over a, a five-year stretch in the NFL mm -hmm. than it is to sit there at seven and nine and six and ten and five and eleven year after year after year. 
because you don't then go get the blue chip guy. You don't have yourself in position to go get Trevor Lawrence or, or the like. So there is a value in actually lose. You either want to win or you want to lose big in the NFL because that's where your studs come from. But then there's another responsibility you have. Make the right decisions. And secondly, make the right decisions at the key spots. And thirdly, keep the guys that you did make the right decisions at, like yeah. Jalen Ramsey and Yannick Ngakwe, sure. and they weren't able to do it. I think I found a better example, and that would be Indianapolis when they were horrible and they drafted Andrew Luck and T.Y. Hilton. And those teams were knocking on the door, and then Andrew Luck obviously retired, but they drafted all those guys. Yeah, they and did. It came, obviously, Andrew Luck. And they got the quarterback, yeah. yeah, and they drafted all those guys. And the Bills, like, we're going to talk about that in a little bit, but, I mean, the Bills are kind of a mix of that. I mean, they got a young quarterback that they were able to build around. They made some moves over the last years to get increasingly better. Yeah. And, again, the one thing you got to keep in mind, as we reference the Houston Astros run and what they did to lose big and then to win big for five years, essentially, uh, well, they did add pieces along the way. And, again, they made the right moves. Heck, they even well, changed managers. They had to because of the cheating scandal. Yeah. And, by the way, yeah, maybe yeah. the Jags aren't cheating hard enough. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, maybe that should go into it. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I can't wait to break down this whole Bills thing because I, I did a little research. And if you look at what Sean McDermott has done, it echoes exactly what the New England Patriots have done in terms of kind of filing, finding the island of the misfit toys, if you will. Um, and... You can only do that if you have the culture to back that up. We'll, we'll break that down later. All right. Uh, I just asked this question, and I actually joked about it last night. I flipped over to Sunshine and Rainbows mode. I had two days of negativity. Oh, there you go, man. Welcome I, back. Yeah, I, can't, I just can't do it anymore. And so now I said, hey, the Braves did it. First time since 1995. Okay. And then I just said, uh, and I said this last night, when the Jags win a Super Bowl, it's going to be so much fun. Sure. And I, I can't wait for that day. That is going to happen. I Hopefully feel in our like I, I, well, and that's what everybody I have more skeleton <laughs> in my <laughs> replies. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and old people in my replies. Well, well, now, well you know, the, the, skeleton, the skeleton can mean more than, I mean, if it's a skeleton <laughs> emoji, that means maybe something different. Uh, but I, I did just ask the question. If you're over 50 years old now, okay. do you think you'll see the Jags win a Super, a Super Bowl? Bowl? Like, in reality, like, assuming you live to your, I don't know, what's a good age, 85? Yeah, I think you're, you're, just you're living life. So you got 35 so years? You 35 years to see the Jags win a Super Bowl. Uh, now, listen, if you go back in time, again, you don't know this, Casey. You'll have to hit Google. The Patriots were around for, like, 40-something, 50 years before they won a Super Bowl. Yeah, mm -hmm. you keep saying that. I, I mean, just don't the, the Steelers you. were, I think, of 40 years in the making. Um... <laughs> The Houston Texans have yet to one, win one, sure. right? Yeah. Uh, the Bills are now going on. Well, they never won one, right? Mm, they lost four in a yes, row. Yes, yeah. that's correct. They yeah. went four times in a row and lost. Yeah. So, again, like They've these been are there, like if you if you were if I asked this question in Buffalo radio in 1991, you like of course. Yeah. Well, here we are some 30-something years later, and they're knocking on the door again perhaps this year, but they haven't won one. Would you rather get there and to the face you just made, would you rather get there and lose four times or not get there? Oh, get there and, get lose, there and four lose four times. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's a tough stain, but I'd still I rather mean, get I there. Would, I would rather win one <laughs> well, yeah. as opposed to get there four times and lose four times in a row. Well, yeah. But, um, no, I mean, still, like, still going, like – People remember that. Like, the whole AFC Championship Jaguars thing, like, they, that was great and everything. But, like, you didn't get to go to the show, you know? So, 
To me, there's a difference there. Yeah, there is. And by the way, like, they were no doubt. Like, the Bills, I mean, that was when my heyday of growing up as a kid and watching. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Bills were awesome. Like, yeah. they, were, they were really good. I mean, it's just tough to win. I mean, like, see, that's, that's why I never knock. Like, like you will say, and, and, and history will say, the Braves teams that won 14 division titles in a row and only won one World Series. They'll be like, ah, oh, they only won one. You'll say the Astros, who built this thing up, they only won one, and they cheated during that time. See, I look at that different. Like, I think any sports fan would sign up for their team being good for, like, a five-year run and knocking on the door and having a chance. And not just being like, hey, I just snuck in the playoffs, but we got bounced 41 to 10. I mean, these teams have had a legitimate chance. At the end of the day, if you want to be real and and you want to be honest with yourself, it's sports. I mean, sometimes, like, I don't know, if they roll this thing out back in June, Houston kicks Atlanta's ass. I mean, mm-hmm. that's the nature of it. But now they had all the magic going. They felt good about themselves. Their pitching had come around. They made all these right moves. And, hey, the Braves won. That's sports. But And that's going to happen. But if you can put yourself in position that many times in a row, I mean, the Bills were so good at that time. Mm-hmm. They looked like they were going to go in. I don't know how many times they went into those favored. But they also ran into the Giants and Lawrence Taylor and, and Bill Parcells <laughs> and teams like that and Gibbs, uh, whoever else were what they lost to during that stretch. So, um, I think a lot of people would sign up for that. Sign me up yeah. right now for the Jags to go to the next four Super Bowls and lose. <laughs> is what I'm saying. You know, It'd still be a fun ride, man. It would be a fun ride, right? It'd be a fantastic and, uh, ride. It would change the narrative, at least. Uh, I think, I think, you know, I say that, I, I'd say, yeah, I think the Jags will win if you're 50 years old in your lifetime. But I just gave you some evidence that it's not a guaranteed thing. Yeah. You know what? I mean, I would take two years over 500 in a row. Yeah, that's For a real? good one. Say that again. I would take two years over 500. Yeah, I would too right now. But if you ask that question to row. Astros and or Cubs fans a couple years ago, they would say no way. And it happened. It happened. True. Yeah. Um, so, uh, pretty wild. Sports are fun. Even the Jacks <laughs> are fun. Uh, I might just freeze myself till they actually win one. <laughs> and then come out of, like, whatever. Like Han Solo? Yeah, did, didn't Walt Disney do that, supposedly? <laughs> yeah. That's what they wait? say. Yeah. Right. So if you do that, you come back, you have one hell of a fight in the cage when you come back. Oh, yeah. you be ready to go. <laughs> oh, no, there's no way. Because, I mean, 100 years in the future, you imagine the, the killers that are being developed then? I'm all set, man. Uh, we'll be back. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. I've always been, you know, a guy earns that right. If You know, I don't know, guys have rules if you don't practice this. I've never really had those. It depends on who the individual is. We do something called mental reps, so you'll be at practice, and I actually they stand behind their position and get their move their feet, so they're actually getting reps, which is not the game reps that the guy actually is getting it. So he is at that point where if he gets some work, we'll play him. Love me some mental reps. Who's he referencing right there, James? Yeah. I thought so. I was there, and I was like, I don't, I don't remember that, that song by today. Uh, but I was down there today, and um, Urban Meyer talking about. You know, I said this about Urban Meyer. Just a quick thought. I do think like there's something about Urban Meyer, man. There's a bravado to him. I, I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago. There, there's a, there's like a, a puffing of the chest, you know, mm-hmm. with Urban mm-hmm. about what he does and what he does works, and and he wins, and that's him. Mm-hmm. I do think the incident a few weeks ago, he lost a little bit of that. For sure. He has to try to regain that. Yeah. And what's tough for him to regain right now when you're losing. And yeah. so you're one in six. And so that may be more than anything 
for that vibe to infiltrate the building. And I think Trevor has this, too. You know, I mentioned this in the DNA of these guys, that they need to get some Ws to bring that part of Urban back. You know, whether you agree with them, like them, don't think he's, whatever it is. What they need in that building is this confidence, you know, walking around. And Urban walks with that confidence. Trevor has that confidence when he plays football, and, and he has all his life. And you don't just take that away with a handful of losses, you know. Yeah. But you, you match what happened with Urban, and then you match some losses, and then you match really getting your doors blown off on Sunday. Mm-hmm. And now you, you just don't, you don't come to the podium like that, right? I mean, you don't walk down the hall like that. And that is like a body language thing that uh, is less important to everybody in town watching a press conference than it is to everybody in the building trying to get it right. And so I do think, that's why I think wins matter here for the Jags. Like, this, don't start looking at draft picks and all this stuff. If the Jags could get to, like, five wins somehow or four, I don't know what the number is. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of value in that for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, and they got to find a way to do it. I think this is a tough week to do it. But you know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like that... If Urban's going to be the guy around here, which, I mean, I think right now you got to assume he's going to be the guy, right? That that noise is kind of quieted a little bit, although some people might still scratch their head. Mm-hmm. He's got to get – he's got to – he's going – got to make that spread in the building that, hey, all I do is win, and I will win. This was a tough year. This is going to be a tough year, but we knew this was going to be a tough year. Uh, but watch what's about to happen. Like, they need that kind of swag. Yeah, and – you know, it's it's got to be a tale of two halves in terms of how this season has panned out. Because, yes, we didn't have high expectations, but those expectations have not been met so far th- for the th- uh, first half of the season. I feel like in order to, and I don't want to say, like, you know, over-exaggerate and say, like, save the locker room, but to, in order to, to purvey what you're doing, what you're coaching is working, you have to win the second half of the season. You simply have to do it. If you just win one game the second half of the year and you go, you know, 2-15, and 15, that, to me, doesn't say, hey, I want you guys to buy in what we're doing because it's working, because it's not working. Like, 2-17, and 17, um, in my eyes, is not acceptable. I think if you win, at this point, four or five games, I think that would be a, 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 a pretty oh, yeah. big achievement. So, yeah, it's, it's all about, you know, the second half of the season now improving, not looking like you did against Seattle, and, and having a better product on the field. Yeah, I, I just, I think there is, a, the best way I can say it is the word bravado, and, and, Listen, you know, I mean, like right now, Patrick Mahomes, we watch him on on TV, mm-hmm. and he doesn't have that. Like, mm-hmm. he doesn't have it. So it happens to everybody. I mean, this guy's really good, right? The Chiefs are really good. I mean, they won the other day, and I didn't see that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So can you grab that? Can you get that? And I just feel like Urban and Trevor, they win. It's in their DNA. They can walk around like that because all their lives they've won. Mm-hmm. They can walk in that building, a building that has not won, players that have not won, people on staff that have not won, people that do the equipment that have not won, secretaries that have not won. Yeah. They don't know what that building is like, like what that feeling is like a lot. Well, Urban and Trevor do, and some others in there, but they're the faces. Mm-hmm. And if they can walk down the halls like that a couple of times a week this year, <laughs> I think that does does mean something to kind of flipping it around and i think that's why it's important not to go two and 15 you know Mm -hmm. i really do so uh, we'll see if they can get a little bit of that back uh can they get like buffalo 
We've referenced oh, this before. Man. 2017. And where these franchises have gone. I got a couple of questions about it and how do you get there? How have the Bills done it? You kind of took a deep dive into it. I think it's a fascinating conversation. Yeah. Where the Bills are now versus 17, where the Jags are now versus 17. It's a look in the mirror for everybody involved in the Jags organization. But that's a nice blueprint if the Jazz could do it. Can they? We talk about it on ESPN 690 when we come back.